Green Pastures are the weekly devotions published by Vineyard Boise, consisting of four parts, the reading, the reflection, the question, and the prayer. Green Pastures for Thursday, June 2nd. Wind. Today's scripture reading is from John chapter 3, verses 5 through 9 from the message translation, which reads, You're not listening. Let me say it again. Unless a person submits to this original creation, this wind hovering over the water creation, the invisible moving the visible, a baptism into a new life, it's not possible to enter God's kingdom. When you look at a baby, it's just that, a body you can look at and touch. But the person who takes shape within is formed by something you can't see and touch, the spirits, and becomes a living spirit. So don't be surprised when I tell you that you have to be born from above, out of this world, so to speak. You know well enough how the wind blows this way and that. You hear rustling through the trees, but you have no idea where it comes from or where it's headed next. That's the way it is with everyone born from above, by the wind of God, the Spirit of God. Nicodemus asked, What do you mean by this? How does this happen? This is God's Word. Generating electricity, milling grain, pumping water, powering cargo ships, reducing our carbon footprint, sailing, windsurfing, landsurfing. All of these are listed as uses of harnessing wind as energy, which has become something of an industry in itself. The challenge, of course, is that there must be wind before you can capture or store or harness it. The wind blows where it wills, though we can indeed plot the paths of the wind much as we can plot the paths of rivers, as circulating air is deflected towards the right in the northern hemisphere and towards the left in the southern hemisphere. And where they meet at the equator, they often blow not at all in what we call the doldrums, a place of monotonous, windless weather that tends to shift here and there seasonally. Oh, it's a sly wind indeed, and a bit shifty. It's complicated, and just a tad out of our control. Yes, we can explain the science of it. Warm air over land expands and rises, and heavier, cooler air rushes in to take its place. Ta-da! Ruach! But we can't make it, even as we continue to learn and speculate over how we live on this earth does in fact impact it. It's the overall unpredictable, uncontrollable nature of wind that Jesus emphasizes in his talk with Nicodemus. Actually, I suppose it was more of a lecture given to Nicodemus. We can hear the wind and the rustling of leaves or the tinkling of chimes. We can feel it cool on our cheeks or feel it like an icy knife down our spine on a really cold winter's day. And we can see its effects through erosion over time or its immediate and catastrophic impact through a violent storm. But we cannot make it so. We can channel and control our breath. We can hold our breath. We can exhale violently through nose or mouth or via other orifice further south, over which we often have less control than we would like. Or we can exhale slowly and gently. 
but we cannot generate or control creation's breath, or more importantly, the Creator's breath. We can only watch and wait and pray, which is precisely what those 120 Jesus followers did when they were gathered in that upper room for the tenth consecutive day, praying for the wind, the Ruach, promised by Jesus not many days from now. Wait, is, is that many days as we would count time, or many days as God counts time? Oh, this could be a long time indeed. All they could do was watch and wait and pray. This is an oft-neglected practice in this whole Ruach business. We tend to expect the spirit to stream on demand like HBO or Amazon Prime because, after all, we tithe for it. We hit play at 10 a.m. and in blows the Ruach of God, filling our sanctuary right on time. We'd pat it, her or him, on the head if we could. You're such a good Ruach. No, Jesus says, you don't know where she's coming from or where she's going. And so is everyone who is born or born of her. She shows up when she wills, where she wills, how she wills. And often she shows up, not at all, at least as best we can tell, in such doldrum moments or seasons, perhaps then teaching us the most important lessons of all, deeper lessons of trusting, of watching, of waiting, of praying. And when she does show, whether through whisper or through the rushing of a mighty wind, might I suggest we not presume to harness her but this strikes me as presumptuous as harnessing Leviathan. Let us rather yield before her, flow with her, be born by her, and be born and reborn by her once again as we fully breathe her in. Okay, that image of harnessing Leviathan was unexpected as I composed that last paragraph. Perhaps run with that a bit. Read Job 41, where God at some length points out the absolute absurdity of thinking we could ever harness Leviathan. Think King Kong or T-Rex, or perhaps more likely a plesaur or, or even a blue whale, if you wish. And yet we think we can box, explain, harness, and control God, or bottle his breath. Yeah, let yourself be blown away by that for a bit. Then pause for a moment of personal reflection and prayer. What is the most unexpected and violent windstorm you've ever found yourself caught in? How did it make you feel? What if you experienced God as an unexpected and violent windstorm? Or has it been more like a gentle breeze? Or one long stretch of doldrums? How do we learn to wait on the wind? Boi haruach ofki. Come from the four winds, O breath. Breathe on me. Breathe on us, all of us, all this assembled host of humanity waiting for you, O breath from the four winds. Let these shriveled lungs receive you, expanding with the new life you would impart. 
Let your movement, Ruach of God, move me to be and do as you would intend this day. Amen.